0: One writer, one artist,
1: one weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Ravi Dorman, electric geek and writer.
0: And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd.
1: And we are the Ansel Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic, banter, and much, much more. It's episode 111. It's
0: 111.
1: That's done. Is that good luck or bad?
0: It's good luck. That's, uh, that's That's when you disappear forever on your 111st birthday you go off to live with elves.
1: Oh, that's true. I haven't read that book in a long time.
0: Yeah, they they made movies of them, so you don't have to anymore.
1: <laughs> they made 3 movies out of that rather short book.
0: Yes. Well, that actually happened at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, not The Hobbit. Oh, really? The, the 11th birthday?
1: Oh, that's oh, that's right. Does he go yeah. what do you see him with the elves at
0: all? Do you see Yeah, when they go to I think it's to when they go to Rivendell. Oh, they, he's all—they they meet up with. Uh, yeah, he's all creepy. He, he's a—he's a little creepy. Yeah, that's when he does his—his um, his, his little face. Yeah. His Bilbo face. Bilbo
1: face. I remember that. Hey guys, yes. <laughs> here in Hobbit talk.
0: Uh a trip down memory lane. <laughs>
1: yes, those movies I saw a long time ago, and books mm-hmm. I read even longer ago. Um, we have some great comics to talk about this week. Got some mo- great Morrison. Eric's telling me a message.
0: I guess I am.
1: Uh, we have yeah, new X Men. Grant Morrison, uh, def- uh, I don't know book one of the defining X Men runs after you know obviously Chris Claremont's Grant Morrison. I put it up there alongside uh, Joss Whedon's and and now uh, mm-hmm. Bendis's. I mean there haven't honestly haven't been that many people who have actually done. Like, you know, kind of interesting things with the X-Men. So, uh, I mean, it didn't help because Chris Claremont wrote on for 17 years, but we'll That's talk... a few years. That's a few. We'll uh, talk about that later. Uh, but before that, the first thing we do every week, actually, it's time, once again, for Weekly Floppies. <laughs> weekly Floppies is part of the show Eric and I will read a collection of this week's books and tell you to buy or do not buy them. First up, it is Hip Hop Family Tree Monthly, number 1. Uh written, drawn, inked and lettered all by Ed Piskor or Ed Pisk I don't know how to say this.
0: Ed, I think I think it's Ed Piskor.
1: Okay, Ed Piskor.
0: But I don't think it's that big a deal if you. I don't know. We should try and pronounce things right, I think.
1: Probably is a good idea. Um and I mean the uh it's a comic history of hip hop. I mean it's pretty yeah. that I mean it's pretty Straightforward about what it is, um, and now it's not in the big giant books. Uh, now it's they're releasing it monthly, you know, in serialized form. Uh, you we've talked about this a couple different times, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we've seen this at cons or at the comic book store, when we've been there together, you're like, we should read that sometime.
0: Yeah, I I'm I really like this book, and I like that it's being released like this. This is actually just. Uh, individual issues just just the the collections chopped up and sold monthly
1: i believe so yes Hmm.
0: it's a weird thing to do but uh i don't know if if this gets it in front of more people i'm all about it
1: i think that's more than just we can make money selling it i think it's like Mm -hmm. more people might see it than just because you know you get a big giant book Maybe some comic bookstores don't stock it, or you only see it at bookstores, or, mm-hmm. you know, and I think if there's just a single issue, people go, oh, okay, I'll pick that up, and then maybe then if they like the single issue, they'll go pick up the, you know, the big collection or whatever, but. Well, I uh, think it's
0: like only, it's like a $60 Fantagraphic set or something like that.
1: There's two of them now, I believe? Yeah. 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 Um, I certainly learned a lot about, stuff i didn't know most of any of this that uh, i
0: i can't retain any of this stuff just because there's so friggin much of it
1: yeah there's it's a lot it's very dense mm -hmm. there's a lot of it is it is educational in a a very like in that it is i really like how it's laid out and and stuff like that uh i i I don't know it's it's good I, it's hard to describe like a book that's just laying out. It's like a, a non-fiction comic about history mm-hmm. of hip-hop, but it looks cool. I, I like the, like the retro style coloring. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it really gives it an extra style.
0: He does it very convincing. And I think he uses, he uses, um, the whole idea of out of registration printing to, to, like, to great effect in certain panels. I think to, show like vibration of music and things like that which is a pretty fun idea
1: yeah it's it's uh really colorful and not, i don't even mean that in just the way that it is colored i mean like like it is bright and vibrant and garish mm-hmm. i think you've used that word all the time eric uh
0: garish is always a good word to describe comic books i don't think it's a uh... I don't think it's a negative thing. In, no, no, in that no, context.
1: absolutely, and I and it's very informative. I'm really like I learned. I, again, I don't know how much of this I'm going to remember.
0: Honestly, I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to remember any of it. That would be my only criticism of it. Is I wish that the narrative was much more distilled. Like I wish that we followed one or two people and we learned about the other people just sort of like through their story.
1: Yeah, but, I, I I agree with you.
0: I think it's a it's a more accepted way but there's just you do sort of get a sense of I don't know like how big this culture was and this was in like the mid 70s and that's just nuts.
1: Yeah. And I'm uh I agree with you in that I think it would benefit by having a kind of through line. Mhm. I don't and I I guess it's the that's a big issue with non-fiction. Like if you're, that is clear, like he writes down, this is what this is. It is a history. Yes. And then if you try, like if you inserted a fictional character, just have some person you invent to kind of be here in, in, at that time and kind of just be the viewer, the reader. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't even necessarily need to be a fictional person as much as like you could follow like, like Grandmaster Flash or you could follow like Africa Mombata. Like any one of these characters, if you just like followed their whole story, and that was an issue. Yeah, I would. That's sort of what I was imagining it being, but it it gets tough to keep up with all of it. Yeah, there's there's so many people introduced so quickly. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 so much. It's got it's goddamn great.
1: Yeah, he does a. uh, I mean, there are many characters, many people. In this, and it is hard to keep track of many of them. But still, I kind of applaud just that this exists. That this, and, like, it's done so well, and, like, there's so much effort and, like, thought put into it. Um, I'm a, I'm a buy.
0: Oh, lord, yeah, this is, this is a very important comic book, so. Everybody should effing buy it. Everybody. This, this comic's butter.
1: Yeah, I, a lot of butter. A lot of butter. A lot of butter in it, uh.
0: I had a friend that used to say that. Really? Yeah. It was I don't know. I doubt I think he just made it up though. Okay. I, don't think, I don't I don't think he had ever heard it in this context.
1: Okay. just a uh, uh, completely separate uh yes, creations. Uh, yes. Okay. That's uh, the goodbye on Hip Hop Family Tree Monthly. Number 1, next up, Power Up, number 2, written by Kate Leth, illustrated by Matt Cummings, uh designed Michelle Ankley Ankley. Uh, created by Kate Leth and Matt Cummings. Um, what, did, what, you, what, what? That's weird. What is weird? They, that's interesting. What's up? There is someone made an error. There's an error and I just noticed it in the, in that the credits page on issue two still says one of six. I thought I was, oh. uh, someone, they reused a credits page and did not change the one.
0: I see that now.
1: Mm, I didn't, I
0: just noticed it as well. So that's, that's, <laughs> I think it's really odd that you're so taken back by this. I was just like, "What?" They're like a chink in the armor. Do not buy this comic. shit.
1: Yep. That's all it takes. So the credits page is BS, and I'm a staunch. Yep. St- staunch you have to have. You have to have.
0: uh you have, to have principles, people.
1: Standards. It's very important.
0: I'm going to go set Kate Less' house on fire.
1: Um. I have all the same criticisms I have for that. For, I think for the first issue, I have the same ones for this issue.
0: Yeah, I I feel exactly the same thing. That almost nothing happens in this whole issue. It's cute as hell. It's well drawn. It's fun. This is this is like the next minute and a half of the eleven minute cartoon. I know, it, yeah, there's so we are four minutes into an eleven minute cartoon in two comic issues.
1: Yeah, I don't, you're not any closer, like you meet the rest of the team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the issue ends. <laughs> and then they get in a little fight with like things, monsters, we don't know what the monsters are, we don't know what, like why they got powers really, other than that they were in the same area. Like we don't know, hey, we saw each other before it happened. Yep, you did. We were there. Uh, we've been there every step of the way. Uh, I don't i'm put i'm I'm a buy, but I'm going mush meter five on this i I just it's it's very cute and it's drawn well and i just it's just not giving you a lot. I don't need three pages of this lady like watching Netflix
0: <laughs> well to be fair, we didn't have to do it for eight hours you know i think uh I think that's a fair cop you know i i for the sake of argument, I will just agree with you.
1: <laughs> See, we just do this all the time, Eric. I think it'd be fine. Yeah,
0: everything's easy. Yeah, everything's easy. Robbie uh, wins.
1: Well, I, I, I guess I do. I think that at this point, this is what that book, this book is. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're on board for two minutes of cartoon per issue of comic book, that's the ratio we're going to get. I guess. Yep. So that's a double buy, but very mushy. Mushmeter five.
0: Yeah. yeah I I, I'm probably, really I'm going to
1: officially just wait for the trade. That's, I think, my official, that and then I can, like, I like it, but I'm going to wait for the trade. You can pay,
0: you know, $19 for one issue, <laughs> one episode of a cartoon. <laughs> it's, it's true. I can't do that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, next up, uh, from Marvel, uh, Secret Wars, Secret Love number one. Uh, All these-
0: all these friggin' anthologies. This
1: is, yeah, this is nuts. I saw this and mainly buying this one because of Michelle Fife drawing Daredevil.
0: Oh, there's some there's some dynamite stuff in this. Yeah. I I am a big fan of this book.
1: Yeah, we, I so we have a Michelle Fife doing a Daredevil story. We have a Felipe Smith doing a Kamala Khan slash uh, Robbie Reyes story with Color by Dale Staples. Uh, uh, Misty Knight and Danny Rand with, uh, that's Jeremy Whitley and Guri, Guri Hero? I'm Guri the, Hero. Guri Hero. Uh, and then finally a Squirrel Girl Thor story, uh, written by Margaret Bennett and Chris Aka doing, uh, the art. Um, with Clayton Kyle's doing all the letters. Yeah, I, 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 mean, they're fun little stories. Uh, I find them all kind of delightful in their own kind of way. I, uh, I really like, Cause when I first saw Michelle Fifi's art, I'm thinking oh, that looks a lot like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I'm the Frank Miller and even JRJR Daredevil. And now that he's drawing him and Typhoid Mary, which is actually probably my second favorite of yeah. the villains for Daredevil, I, it's, that's a lot of fun. I, uh, the score Girl Thor story is really cute. Uh, I, I like the Kamala Robbie Reyes story. Like it actually goes against trope in this, for this, what this story is but it's like the anthology is romance stories and like they're all all these stories have their own little thing they're doing and they're it's all fun. I like them all, really. Mm-hmm. Even the no, weird bug I'll... story that I forgot to mention.
0: Yeah, that did happen. I was <laughs> going to say Guru Hero actually makes me care about Iron Fist.
1: We need to read, we... we need to read the Matt Fraction uh aha Fraction Brewbreaker aha Iron Fist.
0: You'll like it. I'm 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 into it. I think uh you have to kind of struggle to make uh, Iron Fist not look like a Ken doll in the Marvel universe,
1: or just like Clint Barton. All of now that's uh,
0: or Cliff Barton. Cliff, if you're me.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, they all are. I I like this. It, of all the Secret Wars kind of anthology books, this is different. It's not like in all the Secret Wars books are like dark and for, for the most part dark and kind of grim. This one is very the opposite. Squirrel fangirling over Thor with the giant Mm -hmm. squirrel, for squirrel guard. I, I don't know what else to say. There, it's, it's it's fun. It's delightful. I enjoy it. I'm a buy.
0: It's a, it's a lovely book. Everyone should buy it. Everyone. Everyone.
1: Everyone. You guys, okay?
0: Everyone! (laughs) I didn't scream it. I wanted to.
1: Well, I appreciate you not screaming in my ears.
0: I love screaming at you. I know you do. I know.
1: I'm well aware. Since double buy for everyone, Secret Wars, Secret Love, number one. Uh, next up is Secret Wars, uh, Secret Wars Runaways, number. That's the wrong Runaways. Secret Wars Runaways, number three. We haven't got a, we, we haven't got a chance to read these first couple. Uh, but I thought we could jump aboard, and it's actually, uh, not hard to kind of catch up, I actually, after reading this synopsis, um, and get the idea, I guess. Uh, written, but it's written by Noel Stevenson, art, Sanford Green, colors, Jean Roche, letters, Clayton Cowes. Uh, it's not similar to the Runaways, of, you know, Marvel, the, cl- the original Runaways. It isn't, the plot is, like many of these Secret Wars books, their titles are tangential at best to what is actually contained within. This is a bunch of kids, superpowered kids, who go to the Doom Training School for people with superpowers, and uh, end up running away because of uh, conspiracies that they discover. Uh, but you get Jubilee, you have Amadeus Cho, Scar, son of Hulk, is in it. Uh, cloak at, perfect sense. Perfect Cloak and Dagger, Bucky. Um, and a few characters I'm not familiar with. I know I, know if, I don't know how, which of them you've if you've heard of Sana, Delphine, or Molly. I think Molly is in Molly the, is, is, is from uh, is the original, l- right?
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. she is. Sana so you've Del- not you've not read Runaways, huh? No,
1: no, I've been saving it for us for when we do book club, Eric.
0: Why haven't we done it already?
1: Because every time we get to it, we're like, uh, we could do this instead. I don't know.
0: I I I veto this. I veto this. I retroactively veto this veto.
1: Well, we uh, I, but they are on the run. They're being hunted. Uh, they are times they're jumping around the different worlds in in the battle world. Um, I I like it. I really I think it's it's a it's a interesting kind of book, and it actually does a decent job at getting me engaged with these characters, which most of these tie ins haven't. What are your thoughts, Eric?
0: I am not I'm not blown away by it. I really. I really like seeing, uh, Sanford's art in it. I like the way she writes Valeria. It cracks me up. She goes from one panel to being an, an evil overlord in the next one. She's like, I lost a tooth. It's, it's, it's really, it's a little more appropriate for, for Molly, but it's still really, it's, it's adorable. I, it, I like it. I, um, I don't know. I I did not dislike this book, but I am not likely to read a whole lot more of these.
1: Hasn't it, hasn't grabbed you enough for you to go, "Okay, this is a tie-in that I would actually want to read all of it."
0: It's not bad. No. You know, if I was I don't The original runaways is is one of the things that got me excited about western comics again. Mhm. You know. And this is it's good, it's fine. I've, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by, by it, by greatness.
1: I wouldn't, I'm not, certainly, I don't think I'd call it great. However, I think that I will probably go back and read the first couple and finish this out. I mm-hmm. we might not do this on podcast, but I probably will be reading this. Is that it, I think the best tie-ins have, like, it. this gives me a larger portrait of what life is like in, with Doom. And it paints it, it finally, and gives him, and even, and Valeria, like a, a dark, you see the darkness in this. Like, you look at all these other worlds and they're just like self-contained craziness. Mm-hmm. And this one, it shows more of a systemic oppression in a certain extent. And I feel like that is, it, it actually helps, it colors my thoughts on the Secret Wars event as a whole. Like, you see more of the fact that maybe, like, Doom is not, I mean, obviously, we don't, He's not our protagonist in Secret Wars, but I have no, I've never gone like, oh, well, I'm actively rooting against Doom. It's more just like popcorn munching, like who's going to win? Mm-hmm. What's happening in this? I go, oh, okay. So, you know, obviously Doom has been megalomani- megalomaniacal dictator leader to various extents throughout Marvel's history. But this shows in this kind of incarnation that things are bad for these people. And I, I do. And I like, I, I care, like I I I find that uh, the Noel Stevenson's writing on this pretty pretty good and and like per, like I I I like Cho like with the Doombot and all that stuff like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I like the little character stuff in
0: this. Um, I mean, it definitely it definitely does pull the the character work. Uh, it it pulls it off very well. I I am not against seeing her handle these characters. It's just this issue doesn't really grab me. Okay, I think. If someone handed me a trade of this once it was finished and I read it, I would probably enjoy it, but I don't think I would rabidly recommend it to people. I don't think it's so strong that I'll say do not buy because I think that the talent involved, like I, like I, I want to see Noelle Stevenson, uh, you know, do more stuff, develop more in her career. And anytime I can see someone like Sanford, uh, Do in a book, it, it 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 makes me pretty happy. Okay, so
1: what's the so much meter?
0: I don't think there is any.
1: Oh, woo. Let's,
0: let's make a turkey noise when I.
1: <laughs> if was that if that was if that's what that was, sure. Okay, that's what I. That, I don't know how to describe it, but so
0: that's a that's a double buy and a turkey noise. Yep,
1: double buy turkey noise. <laughs> on runaways number three uh next up and last is bizarro number three this is another book that recently been recently launched by dc um uh we haven't had a chance to check it out yet it's it's a kind of an all ages adventure book with bizarro and uh jimmy olsen kind of following them along uh right now they're kind of doing a road trip i guess for this first arc uh and now they're in a ghost town with the a, a, a one of jonah hex's great great-granddaughters or somewhere, you know, an ancestor. Yeah. Yes. And uh, let's see, uh, written by Heath Corson, Gustavo Duarte on art. Uh, there's a guest art page of by Fabio Moon and Ga- Gabriel Ba. Uh, letters by Tom Napolitano, colors Pete Pantes- Pantazas. Um, I don't like Bizarro.
0: Yes, you've said. I was thinking about that the whole time, about how you said you mostly just skipped every Bizarro page when we read all-star superman
1: that's and i'm i don't i just don't like bizarro and anything i've ever read with bizarro in it even like all-star superman is the probably the most i've ever liked bizarro and it's still those are my by far my least favorite in the all-star superman with the bizarro stuff Mm -hmm. i just hate the backward talking gymnastics like it doesn't and it's so inconsistent like it, no all the writers treat him entirely different about to what degree he does that mm-hmm. um that being said i think this book is kind of fun and light and and, and, and enjoyable like i think the 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 art is really cute and, it's
0: i i really enjoy it yeah
1: it's it's I, I mean, it has ghosts fighting like in Bizarro with his black hat, and like it's they really go all in on the on the character and get Jonah Hex even making an appearance. Like it's
0: oh, it looks so awesome.
1: It's really fun and light, and I it's definitely perfect for young kids. Like this is probably one of the first DC books I would buy if I was shopping for a, a smaller smaller younger comics reader who liked you know the the just fun adventure adventure comics. If they, I don't know if they're familiar with Bizarro. I think that is the one thing, because he's, I I have, I wonder if issue one kind of confronts that at all. Like, it just explains, this is what Bizarro is, and this is what you have to do to understand. Like, that's the thing. Like, the one thing I, it's hard for me to, do you think, I I just, I don't know, I've never talked to, a, like, a small child who, who's encountered Bizarro and under, understands that when he says hate, it means, lo- like, he's opposites.
0: I think that. I think a lot of kids really wouldn't get it. Yeah. I mean, it would confuse them a little bit. I mean, I, they might pick up on it by context. They would probably ask a question, you know? Yeah. I don't think they'd get it right off the bat. Someone would probably end up explaining it to them.
1: I mean, that's what I think you'd have to, like, sit down with your kid and tell them, no, when what Bizarro says, he means the opposite of things. So if he says hate, it means love, you know, and all that stuff. Um, are, I'm a buy with a mush meter. I, I,
0: whole, I, one whole mush meter.
1: I would say mush meter of three.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Three. I, I'm, I don't know how, I, I think I would just jump back. I, like, I'd probably check this book out and see what they're doing. Like, I don't think I'd read this every, every time, every, like, monthly, but I think I would, like, see what is Bizarre doing in this issue? Like, is the surrounding stuff, I like the ghost western thing. So I think that's coloring how much I enjoyed this book.
0: There's a lot of Western stuff this time,
1: but I interest. I'm curious what the like. We're gonna see Zatanna in the next issue. If it, if, if, mm-hmm. if, and that is it, my. I like Zatanna, and I think Bizarro and Zatanna with their Zatanna's like weird backwards speaking magic spells and all that stuff. I think that would be. I hope that plays a part in there somewhere. So you know, it's tentative on, per issue, but I I still like it. It's good.
0: I enjoy it. I don't even know why. That girl is in the book because she does literally nothing in this book.
1: She shows up at the end and says hi to Jonah Hex.
0: That's what I'm saying. She takes no actions. She says nice hat. She does nothing.
1: I I don't know. It,
0: it really kind of bugs me. But whatever. This is not that bad a book. I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't feel a need to really throw any kind of mush in there. Oh, I. Uh, okay. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Turkey.
1: If that's what that is, sure.
0: I I mean what else is it? Is it a is it a, a, a ghost turkey?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just that's it's like a I think what it is is uh, like a like like when the uh the audience noises for married with children, whenever oh, okay. like whenever uh someone would say something risque yes, yes. they'd go Ooh. Everyone, Yeah, there you
0: go. Yeah, that kind that's of thing. The, I, I I don't ever think of married with children, I think of family matters. Mm-hmm. Well, That's what I think of when I think of audience noises.
1: With Stefan?
0: With Stefan, yes.
1: I love I, I kinda wanna go back and watch Family Matters. <laughs> I'm
0: i I'm so sorry. I like it. I, I'm a I'm a do not buy on Family Matters. <laughs> okay. I'm a buy on Bizarro. Okay. No 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 mush to speak of, although I do wish that I do wish that she wasn't just put in there to stand around and be a girl. Uh, well, I
1: think that she has a greater part, but I don't know. Possibly
0: in another issue.
1: Yeah, so they have to have her around, but I don't know. Uh, so that's a buy, split, no, no, not split. I said buy, double buy. Uh, but Mushmeter 1.5. We have, can, we can have you it. Can s-
0: split your decisions yes. all you want.
1: I split the three. That's what I need to do, not my decisions. Uh, did you read anything else, Eric? You mentioned? This
0: week, no, no, I did not. I
1: bought other comics.
0: I see, I see that.
1: I did not read them yet
0: you i'm ashamed of you
1: it's okay i am a, i am a little ashamed of me too from time to time it's okay i don't
0: I don't see why you hear me yawning already yeah
1: i do it's,
0: this makes for good radio it's very, Man, this guy's yawning that's, yeah. a, that's riveting
1: that's i always like it when someone on, does it on comedy bang bang and scott ackerman yells at them like <laughs> like angrily he's like what are you doing Oh my god, that's so funny! Uh, well, and uh, but uh, that's it for weekly floppies. We'll have more next week. Don't worry, guys. Back with more uh, floppies, floppy time. Do you, do you know what? Is, well, you know what's next here?
0: Is it nap time?
1: Not yet. It is time for checking in. Okay. Actually, it's this week. It's checking in. I didn't put a G. I didn't put a, in. I didn't put a G in there. I felt like you know, I, loosey re- goosey. You
0: know. Oh, look at that with an apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. We're checking in.
1: Mm. No G for us. Uh oh. (laughs) Erk. Erk and Rob. You didn't even put an I in there. (laughs)
0: Why, why would I need to do that? I guess
1: not. That's true. We're (laughs) checking, in with Erk and Rob.
0: It's like, uh, it's like a morning radio show. That's why I'm yawning so much.
1: It must be it. You haven't had your coffee yet.
0: I'm terrible without my coffee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs)
0: So that's, we, we can be annoying too I mean, Everyone we, just turned off their podcast
1: This Oh, what else is available? Um, <laughs> unsubscribe <laughs> Yep I, To be fair, I've unsubscribed for less than that so
0: I, I know, I do the same
1: uh, Eric, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about sleep for all time forever?
0: No, I do not oh, okay. that, sounds, that sounds actually scary When you say it out loud
1: <laughs> You want to talk about robots?
0: I I could talk about robots that I spent hours and hours of my day working with uh with Mr. Matt Ham, mm-hmm. the ham bone. <laughs> we we struggled through wiring an and an LED screen to a Raspberry Pi. That was an adventure. I mean I say we, Matt wired it and then fixed it, and then I brought cheeseburgers. It's really well, not a two. It's not really a two person job, but hey. he sort of does this shit for a living. So I figured I'd <laughs> let him do it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like here, I will help support you in your ass. <laughs> I will bring you m- m- meat.
0: Yeah, it worked out pretty well. Hey, and then we lifted heavy things.
1: We did. We lifted weights over our, over our bodies.
0: Mm-hmm. You you got brain damage from Matt teabagging you. That's the official story. Is it? I don't know. It was it, I, I, I said it on Twitch, so it's got to be, it's canon now.
1: That must be. It's everything you say on Twitch it just becomes reality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess you can kind of watch us play Heroes on Brad's Twitch channel. He's yeah. done a very good job making it.
1: Yeah, it looks really nice.
0: So that's an interesting way if you uh, find the Atlanta Gamers for Life Twitch channel. You can probably watch all of us play heroes at some point.
1: Get it? See us get yelled at by uh our by, teammates. Eric, by Eric? Well, no, not by me, by you, but also the. I mean i i got I got multiple people today chatting, telling me that I'm worthless, even though I was performing better than them in all discernible statistics. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Thank you, Tychus, for telling me that I'm bad when you have more deaths and less kills. That's it's it's clear that I'm the one at fault. <laughs>
0: oh people yeah uh, it's children they have nothing better to do Uh, it's probably true you know i do have a very sound uh recommendation Uh uh-oh for windows software for touch devices Mm. cover is the best windows touch supported comic book reader i have found it is wonderful there is a free version cost three dollars to get the paid version as a as a paid download in the app i'm totally going to do it it's real. it's completely worth it it's exactly what you expect from a cbr reader you'd think it would not be so hard to do but every app is terrible and this is the best one so thank you that's called cover cover okay yes i i you can also get it for your you know your windows 10 computer Touch your non touch enabled monitor and wonder why it doesn't work.
1: I'm also, I'm, I'm often curious why my non touch enabled monitor doesn't work when I touch it.
0: Well, if you touch it with one hand and mouse under your hand with the other hand,
1: just make it seem like it is.
0: Yeah, it's all an illusion.
1: What if I take a picture of my hand, Photoshop it so that, and then make an image file and then create a cursor that is my mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. and then replace the standard mouse cursor on the screen with my hand?
0: I think that's, that's probably a good idea. It sounds like, it sounds like a good use of your time anyway. Yeah,
1: exactly. All that. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. You know, I keep thinking about this because you brought up something stupid like that earlier today. That, uh, there's something that, there's a thing that you can do in OS X, the newer versions of OS X, that you can go into the accessibility and you can make the cursor, the Macintosh cursor, you can make it the size of like a silver dollar. It's huge. So you can just do all your stuff with like this obnoxiously large cursor. Have ever sent you pictures of it? It's the funniest thing. I don't know why it's so funny to me.
1: <laughs> no, you have not.
0: There just, there'll just be days where I just like remember, oh yeah, I can do big cursor and I make my cursor big and it's, it's absurd. I don't know why, but I'll just sit there and just be laughing at my computer while I'm working because big cursor. Big cursor. Anyway, that's a double buy on big cursor. I'm 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 saying it's a buy for you.
1: Thank you. I'm 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 not against
0: it. (laughs) Such a found an article about doing this. How to make the cursor bigger? Oh man, wonderful. So Eric, Robbie, why don't you actually talk about something? (laughs) Okay.
1: Speaking of, I I I just mentioned Scott Ackerman and Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, I, I don't know. Have you? If you listen to any of those podcasts on the Earwolf Network or the Wolf Pop Network.
0: I'm, I'm familiar with them. I do not listen to them anymore. Yeah,
1: it's like Comedy Bang Bang. And there's, there's like 30 of them now.
0: Yeah, All it doesn't. All
1: combined. There's a many it, of them. Paul Tompkins Podcast, Spontane nations on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, How Did This Get Made is on there. Um, a bunch of podcasts I don't listen to. Uh, the Cracks Podcast is on there. Um, they have created a... A, a an app, a, a premium app, I guess. It, I mean, it's not, the, the app doesn't cost money, but membership costs money, obviously, uh, called Howl, H-O-W-L. Um, and they basically have paywalled behind all their old, old episodes. Like I think, and they partnered with WTF, Mark Merritt, so that his, his, his podcast is also, uh, I think he's probably, I guess, getting rid of his, his old premium gate thing. And you're going to partner up with Howl. Um, For five bucks a month, you get all their premium content, which is a whole bunch of like paid, like new podcasts that were, are not on iTunes. They're only in this, um, some of which I've listened to are very good. Um, and you get all the, their old content. Plus you get, I haven't listened to any new episodes yet, but they say new episodes that are ad free, which if you've ever listened to any of their ads, uh, any of their podcast ads are sometimes insufferable and take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I flipped through them, but I will pay the $5 a month to not have to do that considering how many of them I listen to on a weekly basis. And I saw a lot of talk. I downloaded it. I got a free week, and I'm going to be subscribing now. I, it's really good. I would definitely – if you like any of those podcasts, like I, I have like five that I subscribe to, and I that's enough for me for 5 bucks a month. It's not that much uh, to get all this stuff ad-free plus a whole bunch of premium stuff. I I saw a lot of talk online about how this could be the Netflix of podcasts and stuff like that. And I just curious what you think about all of that. I don't well, iTunes still exists and there's just so many like curating podcasts is, is good, but it's still only their networks. It's still not that many. Mm-hmm. At most it's probably fifty to sixty shows, considering all the new paid special ones. Um and it's nice and I, I do, and it looks really, the app works really well and all that, but I think a lot of people are kind of jumping to, uh, conclusions a little bit saying, oh, this is going to be another thing that's going to make podcasts big all of a sudden. I'm like, it, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm just considering we are both podcasters and both listen to podcasts. I'm, I felt it was worth discussing at least briefly. Do you, do you, is the
0: platform called HAL? Yes, the, the, uh, the
1: app is called Howl. You can go to Howl.fm is their website. Um, the app is a free download, but of course it's not out on Android yet. It's only on iTunes, iPhone, Apple devices as of yet. They're still working on an Android app. And I, and I know why they went to Apple first because Apple. Because, was,
0: oh, yeah, it's the only thing that makes money. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, it makes it, makes them a lot more money than Android probably would. Um, yeah, I, I, Think that it only works because it is a bunch of podcasts with a bunch of famous people. I you can't do this with just normal podcast, like a normal everyday podcast, an average
0: think, podcast. Well, no, of course not. I um uh, I think that it, they're very smart to do this. It'll probably at least be reasonably successful. They'll they'll make some money on it. I don't think it's gonna necessarily change the world, but you know, over five to 10 years, it could end up being huge. I really don't know where that's going to go, but I know what this makes me think of. It, it, It frustrates me a little bit that there's going to just be services all over the place that there's just going to end up being just a nauseating amount of little walled gardens that everyone's creating to try and sell their little proprietary thing. Yeah. And that's, that, that frustrates me a little bit. I don't know that we really need a hundred different platforms for things, you know?
1: Yeah, and I I do want to be clear that they still are – all their new content for all the regular podcasts they've had are still going to be released onto iTunes and all the other places. They just have ads. Like – but and after a while, I guess, you know, after a few months, those will become gated behind the paywall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the new – and you – if they were making everything exclusive behind the paywall, I don't think it would be very successful, but I think the kind of introducing people to it and then, you know, making them fans and then, you know, having them – and they're for $5, you do get a lot of material. Like, you get all – I like Comedy Bang Bang a lot, so you get all their old live recorded shows, plus you get, you know, specials, and and all those people are doing other special podcasts on there. Like, so – I think it's not – because it's only $5, I think that's probably the smartest thing, that it's a good – that's a good price point, I think, for it. Uh, Really, I'm going to see if the new ones are ad-free. They said all the old episodes are ad-free. I don't think I've actually seen any new episodes on there yet, so we'll see.
0: It's interesting they have uh, comedy albums on there as well.
1: Yes, they do have some comedy albums on there. I did not mention.
0: It's – I like it. I just don't particularly think we need – how how many different services do we really need to give us the same thing over and over yeah that's sort of the the problem with this thing being so democratized well, like I, someone's I, going to be someone is is going to be entrepreneurial and you know
1: well they are bringing uh mark Marin under their into their fold and he had his mm-hmm. own one time app thing yes i'm guessing he realized that this would probably get him more than that in the long run Uh, but I, I think that probably the, there eventually will be someone who does something and maybe this is going to be the King of the Hill, the one that actually ends up doing that and like gathering all, cause it already has done a pretty sizable chunk of it, but gathering, you know, and maybe it'll bring more and more podcasts under their fold and more and more networks and maybe, or someone would get the wise idea to. Have an app that handles. I mean, iTunes already kind of does all this stuff for free, and that's mm-hmm. the, probably the thing. But iTunes also doesn't pay anybody anything. Like, you go yeah. to YouTube and watch a video, a person will get something for it down the road. Like, mm-hmm. they have enough v- viewers. If people listen to stuff on iTunes, it doesn't how many many times they can listen to it a million times. The person is not getting paid a, a dime. So I think that's the thing. Like, you're gonna you're gonna have to pull people a- off of iTunes enough good, like popular and famous podcasts off of iTunes entirely and put it into a, some air, some kind of app, some sort of creation that does what Hal does, but on Mm -hmm. a larger scale. And yeah, it's a tricky thing, but I, I mean, podcasts are still a very young medium. I think eventually it, I don't know. You're, I think that what you're describing happens, the smart person will be the one that makes a way around it, you know? And maybe that will happen, but who knows? Like you said, it could be five, ten years before anything like that even gets close to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, I have, you know what else I have to talk about here?
0: I'm going to use my psychic powers. Splatoon.
1: Whoa! How did you know that?
0: Totally did not read it on this Google document.
1: <laughs> that might be, oh, that, that thing. Uh,
0: yes, no, I, but I- But I, but I didn't read it. Whoa! There that's you go. More impressive. Make your turkey noise. That's right. Ooh. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Splatoon for the for the Wii U. It's been out for quite a while now, a few months at least. Um, I finally got a chance to play it, uh, to get out for a test drive, so to speak. Um, for those who do not know what it is, it is a first person shooter, but you are not shooting. Like you're not trying to kill people. You're trying to cover the level as as much as you can with your color paint. So you'll have one opposing team uh, and your team, like, 4v4. You will be blue and the other team will be green. And you want to get as much of the ground covered in blue paint and less ground covered with green paint. You want more than them. Very simple. Uh You can, like, take out people. You'll, re- like, they'll respawn within three seconds. But, you know, with if you hit them with enough paint and it's it's kind of works kind of like call of duty in a certain way like how there is a system of progression where like as you play you unlock more guns and you get cash so you can buy shirts and hats and shoes that like give you a little bit boosts in certain areas uh it's got a lot of rave reviews over the few months i've seen like and it's getting continu- continually getting new content like new maps and new weapons and, and new stuff um i think it's fine but i don't see the the like the mass like how much people are raving about it i just don't see it's like not the other two multiplayer games i've been playing a lot lately are rocket league and heroes and this game just does not give me the same thrill that either of those games do
0: i think that a lot of people like this just sort of has the magic formula for mass market appeal i'm seeing people in my twitter feed that I'm positive don't play a lot of games. Talking about playing this game, yeah, it's just got something that clicks with people. It's been a real big seller for them, and
1: well, it's it is it is the fact that it there's you know you don't chat you don't talk to people there's no and so there's no room for toxicity in it, which is obvious that is a good thing, um, and it's just painting. Like even if you're bad, you, all you're still doing is just throwing paint around, mm-hmm. and. The matches are really short, uh, you get, you know, you have a fun, whimsical little character that you get to play as, Mm -hmm. and you can customize them and all kinds of, that stuff is good, uh, I I think the gate, it's a little, honestly, too slow in, I felt like it was, like, I could have felt like I didn't need the tutorials. Like, I got it. I spent like 20 minutes, like, running through tutorial level where I'm like, okay, you could have just give me the controls. I could have figured this out much simpler. But yeah, I, you're right. I think that, that everything about it is very much guard, like, towards yeah. a younger or people who don't play as many video games mm-hmm. and stuff like it's for, that.
0: It's for filthy casuals. Yeah. Problem.
1: And kids. You know, they, simple, and, and I mean, it's fun, don't get me wrong, I just don't, I never thought, like, I need to be playing this, I always felt like, I'd rather, I'd rather be playing something else, maybe, or, you know, and my, this is my biggest problem with it, no split screen, you can't have two people in the Mm. same game, like, I, I mean, that's the whole thing, like, when I first thought, heard it, I'm like, oh, I'll buy that, and then me and Kim can play together, like, on the same TV, but their only multiplayer is 1v1, like, we play against each other but not together against other people which i don't understand why so many console games are going against this like having like i get it for call of duty and other like hardcore fpss because you want like the whole screen but yeah. for it's a party game this is has all the colors of like a party game but you can only play one person at a time it makes no sense to me but you know i'm kind of lukewarm on honestly after hearing and i wasn't expecting i expected to like it a lot more than i did um Mario Maker looks cool, Eric.
0: It does. We did watch that video.
1: Mm-hmm. It was good. Looks like it'll be fun.
0: <laughs> Can't believe you subscribed to Giant Bomb.
1: I really like their stuff. It's really I, fun. They put out a lot of stuff and a lot of uh, it's fun and, and and I like all the personalities. Like the all the guys have their own kind of distinct take on things and I enjoy all the look at video games and stuff. So, I I I,
0: I support you in this. You huge nerd.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Uh, but yeah, that's it, I'd say. I could talk about other things, but I'm not. I want to talk about X-Men. You already talked about X-Men?
0: Mm-hmm. X-Mans.
1: X-Mans. As my... Actually, my parents wouldn't say that. My dad would just say X-Men. He, he owns X-Men comics. He would not. I don't know why I'm trying to throw my dad under the bus. But it is time to talk about X-Mans. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is part show. Eric and I will sign along longer collected work. Uh, discuss it in depth like you would a book club. Uh, this week we are starting a three week journey into New X-Men by Grant Morrison, written by Grant Soren. Uh, there's our Frank Quitely, but also, uh, Ethan Van Sciver and Igor, how do you say that guy's name? Igor Cordy? Cord, I'm guessing? That's me. Strong, uh, Corgi? Yeah, it's Corgi. He's a, it's he's a, a small it's dog. Gorgie. He's yeah. a Corgi. Yeah. Okay.
0: He's a little cutie pie.
1: <laughs> yes. Of course, how I could be? How could I be so stupid? How could uh, you? Yes, but this is uh takes place kind of in the ashes of Marvel's bank bankruptcy and coming back, and it's you know it kind of sets the stage in a very real way for what the X Men is today, honestly, and what kind of the X Universe went from. Like Josh Whedon's Astonishing X Men, he has said many times, is basically a direct sequel to this in a lot of ways.
0: You can really feel that too. Yeah. Did I already say that I fucking love this? You have not. Okay. I, I knew. It, I thought. This. I thought you would. though. Of course. Yes. You know, obviously.
1: I don't know. It, it, after Chris Claremont left the X Men books in the early '90s, they mostly floundered and went with kind of most the most famous stories from that time period are mostly just embarrassing things <laughs> like they're not remembered for being good they're remembered for being so bad that it's embarrassing and it, it kind of went a long way this is 2001 we we are covering uh 114 through 133 including uh a 2001 annual that is that was drawn by leno francis you uh, there's also I. Forgot to mention a couple issues. Uh, John Paul Leon, Leon and Phil Jimenez does some, some in, in the last of the first three volumes. Uh, do you, uh, we, I mean, you've never read this before, right? Corrector?
0: No, most of this is completely unfamiliar to me. The, the most exposure I had to really any of this, like I, I knew a little bit about Cassandra Nova, um, because she was in, joss whedon's Mm x-men um we read that one issue with beak in it i guess and uh you know all that stuff with phantom x we read and and Mm x-force really didn't know much about this just remember seeing these on the shelf many many moons ago
1: yeah cassandra nova is the villain in all of this i mean there's other villains in there there's uh, a john sublime With his U-men and stealing mutant organs and all that. But, like, even while that's happening, still, uh, Cassandra Nova is the main big bad for this stuff so far. Um, Cassandra Nova is a strange thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a... Grant Morrison being Grant Morrison.
0: Yes, it's quite Grant Morrison.
1: Yeah, where... It's a twin, a twin of Xavier that was killed in the womb, but some sort of psychic energy stayed around until it could form into like, until it could... S- I don't, know, I, I still not clear. Honestly,
0: no, don't don't try and apply logic to it. I don't think it's, it'll it'll just make blood shoot out of your nose.
1: And then, but then we got a body switch,
0: body switching,
1: and uh and all that stuff. But this is also, I think along with like this is where emma frost is kind of brought into being an x-men for good for like because she has from this point on basically been always been on the team um or a an x-men team i guess i should say because the new the all-new x-men and the, the bendis books they're uh she's not on the official x-men she's on the the rebel the rebel side um But this is also kind of the birth of her and Cyclops' relationship, which I think is really interesting. I really – I like – like, Grant Morrison actually gives – like, it feels – it doesn't feel like a put-upon when Cyclops has interest in her and isn't interested in Jean Grey anymore.
0: They only seem to allude at it a little bit, or they dance around it, sort of why their relationship is – struggling so much what what is it that had happened to uh to scott
1: oh before uh it's basically he's been possessed by a a, like something to do with apocalypse Mm -hmm. i i I can't i'm not clear on all all that mythos always gets jumbled up in my head but he is possessed by it and it kind of turns him dark to a certain extent
0: um, it's basically the same thing that happens to Archangel.
1: Yes, correct. It, it's similar to that, and you, I think it's it it it. I I like the idea of I like I've always really liked Cyclops, but writers have never given him I, I think enough enough reason for him being such a kind of fearless leader with like the personality of soggy bread hmm uh-huh. Like, now, like, with, you know, Morrison and then Whedon and, and now Bendis, they all have, like, really kind of made him super interesting to me. And I, it's all rooted here. Like, he becomes, like, you see the Wolverine respects him and, and you know, cares about him. Like, they don't do that lazy Wolverine ignores him thing. hmm uh-huh. Like, that's... Like, uh, uh, Grant Morrison's a good writer. Like, all these characters have like motivations and reasons for yes. doing things. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting. I guess that's the the long and short of it. Like, uh, all everyone in this is very interesting. All the characters. He doesn't like give anyone like Beast is you know questioning himself and like because this is the first time that Beast is not the classic Beast, the blue classic blue furry Beast at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when he first, you know, changes into like, he's like kind of feline. And later on, he turns into like a kind of horse-ish to a certain extent. Like, you know, in a different.
0: That was more like a sort of, like, uh, some kind of weird ape yeti thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it changes. Like, there, it, it also depends on the artist as well, how they feel about doing it.
0: I guess so. <laughs>
1: yeah, it depends on the book. Um, sometimes he looks different
0: did grant morrison come up with the idea of secondary mutation he did indeed okay
1: that's and we see that with emma frost as well where she is be able to turn into diamond um diamond skinned and that's just like you know beast having that and and emma and uh gene grace uh, telekinesis coming back and you know all that kind of stuff is all this is that's all Grant morrison um we also see the introduction of beak and uh and angel um to new mutants Basically. And,
0: it's really confusing that her name is Angel.
1: Yeah, it's a little, but uh, but I think Bake even makes that point where he's at this point he's Archangel, I guess, even though he looks, you know, he's I, I he's can change back and forth. I'm guessing, and so he's Archangel officially, and she's I don't know. Okay, I, I don't. Whatever. It is strange that. But even then, they they have. I really find their their kind of relationship interesting, and um. I there's a lot of big things that happen, but I don't think it ever gets bigger than the opening E is for Extinction arc where like millions of mutants are killed. Oh yeah, I I don't. It sets the stage for everything in this, and I think Great Morrison was very smart to start with that because it kind of became a problem with the X Men, where how does a group that has millions of people, I don't think you ever felt worried about them, like th- that they would survive at all. You know, like I is like isn't that what the X Men kind of were sold as originally? Like uh-huh. they're competing for hu- competing with humanity, but and humanity hates them. But when there's so many of them, they have their own nation. Like and of course they rebuild this later, but setting the stage with that huge genosa like the genotion genocide by mm-hmm. by nova sets the stage really well i really like the wiki summary on this the last sentence for e is for extinction is ugly john is killed uh, thank you wiki for telling me the ugly john didn't make it <laughs> poor ugly
0: poor, John. poor ugly john poor
1: ugly john um i want to talk about the art some eric
0: well why don't we just do that
1: okay i when i read this the first time that's what stood out to me is that the arts you know it the artist was con- constantly changing. Um, and we get some that are all Frank Whiteley, but then you you know, you get Ethan Van Skyver and Frank Whiteley and Igor Corday. And I, I don't know. I, and I don't, it's very Emma Frost is supposed to, like, do you, can you think? I forget what issue it was, but the issue that ends with Emma Frost being like all seductive in a chair.
0: Yeah, it's really grody.
1: It does not, no, it's not seductive.
0: It looks like a Glenn Fabry painting of, uh, like, trying to be kind of gross. It's weird.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think, a, my, there's a lot of that where it's like Emma Frost is supposed to be sexy. And it's supposed to be like, hey, yeah, I'm tempting Scott. But it just ends up, like, looking, oh, that, she doesn't look,
0: she no, looks,
1: it's... she looks strange. Mm-hmm. She looks odd. Like, she looks, like someone's punched her in the face. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they do eventually, but not that. Whatever. Uh, do you, do you think this is improved by just having Frank Whiteley do everything?
0: I don't, uh, there are several pages or several, uh, issues in this that he's done that I, I just kind of don't care for him that much. You know, I, I don't think this is his strongest work. He makes the characters look odd. I mean, I do think that there's tremendous value to having a consistent look throughout a run, but I don't think they'd ever be able to pin him down to it. And I think plenty of the other artists handle the characters very well. Yeah. If I was if I was going to say who a favorite was, I don't even know that I could. Yeah. There are a lot of different ones. I mean, even the Lil Francis U book, I don't really care for it that much.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Where this doesn't feel like anybody's best work. It it's fine. For the most part, uh, that, that those pages that stand out as weird, like that Emma Frost page, and there's others. And I, I think not even necessarily using Frank quietly, just having a singular artist that could. I don't know. Like if you have John Cassaday draw this book, mm-hmm. like he drew astonishing. I think it's fifty percent better at least. I think I like it more. And I not saying that any of this art is bad.
0: No, none of it's none of it is. Uh really shamefully bad it's just i i
1: the inconsistency bothers me and the fact that i I, it doesn't ever feel like any of these people suit what the book is necessarily going for i'm not sure like i never felt like oh this is this feels like home it feels this this feels natural which is kind of strange I guess when it's, and that's the thing, like of all the things I would pick at in this book, it's that it's that it uses a bunch of different artists and I never quite feel like they're comfortable. If that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. I believe it does.
1: What do you think about Zorn?
0: I'm reading through the Zorn book again because I love Zorn. I love Zorn so much. What did you think I was going to think about Zorn?
1: I thought you'd like Zorn a lot.
0: What do you think of Zorn?
1: I like Zorn. Okay, I I'm my open and shut case. No, well, my awesome. My perception is colored by what happens in the. Coming. I
0: I I have heard things that happen, and I don't know. I don't know. Like I have heard that it turns out that Zorn is actually Magneto. I don't know if it's in this story or not. Is that what you you're discussing?
1: Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Although, it's not... That's the thing. It's that's not its not an open-and-shut thing.
0: Yeah. And like, that... The I, way I think that it officially lands is there is a Zorn, but it turns out that there's a reveal in whether it's this run with Grant Morrison or it's something else immediately after that, that they... That's how they reintroduce Magneto. That they unmask Zorn and it's Magneto. Mm-hmm.
1: But then... Then, but... Uh, it's... It's complicated, and it's after Grant Morrison gets off of it that it gets very complicated about Zorn. And that's, that's, I think that's, that's not Grant Morrison's fault. And, but I, well, we can discuss it as we, as we, we'll talk, we'll see more Zorn as we get along. So,
0: uh, I, I certainly hope so. I, I really, really like his character.
1: He's a star, I like, a star I, for a brain?
0: Yeah. And he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like Dr. Manhattan.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: And he heals people and he's Buddha I like all this.
1: He's a little bit more empathetic than uh, Dr. Manhattan.
0: He is. He's he's gotten much more empathy for, for people. Correct. Doctor Manhattan is just like, okay, that guy's dead now. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting.
1: He was a one, now he's a zero. Yep. That happened. Yep. And I knew I saw I knew that, and it, it always has happened. And mm-hmm. it always will.
0: Doctor Manhattan. You're, you're you're turning into a goddamn flake, Doc. <laughs>
1: uh do you think that this, like, a lot of this is about human versus mutant in a weird way? Even though Cassandra Nova is, she's not a mutant. She's a something. She's a something else, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I Have you ever felt like, this is a broader topic than just, than just this book, mm-hmm. but it's a thing that's always stood out to me. I forget if we've ever discussed this, but we've been talking about X-Men before, but the fact that. In the Marvel Universe, you have the Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. You have the Hulk, you have Captain America, you have Thor, you have all these dudes who have superpowers, super strong, or, or, you know, you have the Ant-Man who can make himself big or small eventually, and, or, and, and all these other teams and heroes. They're all, like, for the most part, appreciated. Like, at least that's what we see, right? You don't get as mu- like, But for some reason, the X-Men, the mutants are hated uh-huh. in the same place, in the same universe, in the same planet. Like it's – they have powers. They're on a team. Uh-huh. They fight bad guys. And yet you get the Mutant Registration Act. Like you get all that stuff long before you ever get to Civil War and all that stuff. Like we have the Days of Future Past, you know, is in the late 70s, early 80s and all like Extinction Agenda and all that stuff. And all that, I mean, it always felt strange to me that those two things happen in the same universe. Is it, can can it be explained away just because, oh, it's genetically in these people? And that they hit a certain age and suddenly, hey, they have powers?
0: The thing about this is it always, the X-Men is like a world all into its own. Yeah. That's really the only way that it makes any kind of sense. Although, I mean... Certainly in the context of these books, it makes perfect sense. You know, you have these people just popping up all over the world and real people are bigoted and afraid of it because it's something weird and different. I mean, it, it all feels pretty normal and natural and how people would probably react. Um, I don't know. I don't think you really can reconcile it. People would probably would act like this. I mean... Do they act different about the Inhumans? Do they basically act the same way, except the Inhumans just really keep to themselves and say we're our own country?
1: Yeah, I don't. There is, there are Inhuman stories about about that, but it's not necess- That is more about oh, the the ones are about nations almost. Mm-hmm. It is, it's more about xenophobia and about yes. outsiders, and this is from within, kind of where it's like you know, there's than other, I mean, and that's, I mean, the X Men have always been a metaphor for kind of minority experiences mm-hmm. in our society. And I mean, I think it it works more for me when the when you see mutants like Beak, where yeah. he he has he looks like a you bird need, man. You
0: need the horrible ones like Ugly John, yeah, that are terrifying, and they're trying to accept them, and people are obviously scared of them. I think that's. Introducing ugly mutants is uh pretty critical, I think, to this story. You need to you need to have that empathy for them. You you need they need to be a little a little scary.
1: Yeah, like when you look at the X Men, it's like, hey, it's Scott and Summers and Logan and Jean Grey and Emma Frost, and they're all like attractive attractive people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't
0: make a lot of sense.
1: No,
0: all these ripped supermodels. And people are like, I don't like you because you're magic. I, mean, I, I don't I don't really buy that.
1: No, and that it, it's and it is often X-Men are con, like off on their own kind of place, but then it's they're a part of the Marvel universe and you'll often see them appear in other stories and I mean enough many X-Men have been in the Avengers. Uh it's not a small list of people. I I don't know. It always sticks out to me and in this I mean Grant Morrison does the thing where a lot of X-Men writers do when they, you know, they're facing humanity's prejudice mm-hmm. and it always feels strange to me but he does morrison does introduce a lot of kind of weirder looking mutants and you we see them in here in beak and beacon are the beak is the, the the easiest example but angel as well where we see her react like i i don't know if i had a child i guess that's that's the thing like it seems like are there any parents who just openly accept their children are mutants like, has that story been told and I just don't remember it or haven't read it? Mm-hmm. I can't think of any. Like, anyone in the X-Men. I can't think of any of them where their parents were like, yeah, it's cool. Like, Logan, his parents are from the 1850s. I don't know what happens with Beast's parents. Uh, Scott's parents are dead or in space. Uh, Emma Frost, her parents are Rich, but I don't never we don't know them. Like I like all these new mutants, almost all of them are like come from these homes where they're rejected. I can't like it's such a strange dichotomy to me. There probably have been. I just don't know of them.
0: I don't think it makes for as interesting a narrative, does it?
1: No, it does not. And that's the whole thing. But when it's all that, it kind of makes when you don't have anybody who's just, you know, hey, I have powers, but my parents are fine with it. Like it makes it kind of feel a little bit on the nose about you know mutants being weird and the other and all that mm-hmm. when people are fine with Captain America or the Hulk I mean the Hulk i guess is 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 probably a good analog because there have been a lot of uh a lot of anger and, and uh and and you know government oppression of the Hulk as well mm-hmm. so that makes sense who's your do you do you like uh Who do you like the most, Eric? I'll just ask that very easy, that broad. Who's your favorite character at this so far?
0: Zorn. (laughs) Clearly, clearly, clearly Zorn. Okay. I just, I don't know. He's fascinating to me. Um, Gene is definitely very interesting. That That scene where Xavier puts his hand on the fork, she's levitating, and she can feel his pulse. That That shit gave me chills.
1: She didn't know she could do that.
0: No. I, uh, I find myself really liking Xavier a lot too. Yeah, I, or at least finding him very interesting.
1: Yes. That's the thing. And even, and Chris Claremont is probably as guilty as anyone where you make Xavier kind of a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have just, up until this time period, honestly, Xavier is awful. Yeah. Not likable, not Not even like, not even a good character. Just, he is, mm-hmm. he is, uh, just a plot device to make things happen, but not necessarily interesting. Right. But this Morrison and then Josh Whedon and, and, and down the line until he dies, uh, he's kind of become, he becomes an, a, not necessarily likable in all situations, but at least interesting and a, a real character. Someone you actually understand his motivations.
0: I will never not love Beast.
1: Beast is very interesting in this. Yeah, I like. Him. I think I like him the most, actually.
0: Well, he's he's going through some stuff. He tells everyone he's gay.
1: Yeah, and everyone's like, "But you're not, you're Beast. You're not gay." It's like I don't. You don't know that. I don't know that.
0: It's really s- super odd.
1: No, he. But I, I like. I like that it's not. It does it. He's still super smart. Like, still the genius beast and stuff, but his body is changing, and he has such a history with that. You know, he's becoming more and more and more beast-like, and, like, that stuff that, like, of all the stuff that Cassandra Nova does to to the X-Men, you know, the psychic kind of trauma, mm-hmm. the stuff she does to Beast seems, like, the most, like, straight to the core, like, the most dangerous, because it is, like, all evidence points to that her being right like, he is just, what is, what's going to happen next? is you Are you turning, you're going to be a worm? You're going to be ooze. You know, and I, that, the fact that he is such an intelligent person, and yet his physical form is something he can't control, and it's not necessarily, it's not going to reflect who he is, and he can't, him reconciling that, is very interesting to me. I really like that he's. Not necessarily able to come to terms with that on a kind of intellectual scale. Mm -hmm. Like that's the one, like a thing that he can't just think through to a certain extent. But that in, I'm, it's, I I can't, I kind of want to outline this, at least that this, and it it continues through this this whole, his whole run, but it, this, all his storytelling is extremely dense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that happens in. Yeah, we didn't actually. I mean, the we didn't read that many issues. Is is about twenty. Um, it there is tons of stuff that happens. Tons mm-hmm. of story. Tons of stories told, and I. It's pretty impressive, honestly.
0: Looks like exactly twenty-one we read.
1: Okay. Strangely enough, one thirty-four is not in either volume three or volume four. I don't that's understand. interesting I don't understand that we'll still read it but I don't know why it's not listed mm. <sighs> so great Morrison's a good writer right Eric
0: that is uh that's what I believe
1: <laughs> I, I it, it's kind of interesting to me that he is the legacy of all the kind of current X-Men stuff it can be traced back to this to a certain extent it's pretty I, I like it a lot um like, all these characters are still the main X Men characters. Like, it's still Cyclops, it's still Emma, it's still Wolverine. Well, it was Wolverine. Now it'll be Old Man Logan.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. That's some coughing there. It's not me. The cats are really sick.
1: Maybe in the head.
0: It's true.
1: <laughs> okay. Anything? We've we, we talked a bit about this, sir. We have. Uh, what we said uh, two volumes for this next time. I think so. Okay, so or no, let's, let's see. One, two, three. No, we probably have to do three. We can do two or three. What do you want to do? Well,
0: thought there's four left. but there were seven total.
1: One, two, three. Well, there's they have on wiki the wiki storylines have one. See two, one, two, three. One, two, three four. No, you're right. I was reading something already. Right. Okay, so. No, there's. Wait a second. I'm. I am so confused. That we read that. We read that. One, two, three. No, there's five left. At least five storylines. Are there really five left? They might not be. They they might be collected in five more. No, they're collected in two more. In four more. You're right. But the storylines are. I don't know why they do this. Okay. We'll just go by the trades, that's the thing. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Yes, yes. We are next right. we're we're too dumb to figure anything else it, out.
1: It's hard. Uh issues one thirty four through one forty five are we doing what we doing next is Riot at Xavier's and Assault on Weapon Plus. So uh Riot Xavier's a fun kind of detective story with Bishop. And Assault on Weapon Plus is more Phantom X, which we even mentioned, but he was introduced in here. He
0: Lovely. was. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. I can tell by the way you're angling your pelvis that you like Phantom X. That's <laughs> true. So it's, it's a an incredibly away. weird line.
1: Eh, he's a weirdo.
0: He is indeed a weirdo. I support this weirdness.
1: So we'll be reading that next week. Um, that's Volumes 4 and 5 as they're collected in trade. If you could get them for however millions of dollars they cost on Amazon. But that the next the next two are let's see it's Frank Quitely, Phil Jimenez, and Chris Bachalo Bachalo I forget how you say his last name. But they'll they be the artists. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up, Eric?
0: I don't think so. I like Zorn.
1: <laughs> well, I think we've established that you like Zorn at least. He does have a star for a brain.
0: That's pretty fucking rad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. It is. You're right. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You find us at HandsomeBoysComicsHour.com. You find us at Facebook.com slash HandsomeBoysComicsHour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at HandsomeBoysComics at gmail.com. And if you like the show, of course, please subscribe and rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Uh, definitely helps us out. It gets, uh, more people to find us. And we like that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MixedMasterSerial. It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online?
0: You can find my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and most of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com and you can tweet at me my uh my twitter is at @mrbadexample spelled m r bad example.
1: So with that folks we will call it a day. Have a good one.
0: Rock and roll. <laughs>